is the Adrian Autry Show, live from Shaughnessy's in the Marriott Syracuse downtown. Presented by Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical. Here's your host, Stephen Fonte. Hello, everyone, and welcome live to Shaughnessy's Irish Pub for the latest edition of the Adrian Autry Show. Stephen Fonte, Coach Autry, with you up until 8 o'clock. Give us a call if you'd like to get involved. If you have a question for Coach at 315-437-7644. And, uh, Coach, good week. Uh, Two wins since the last time we spoke. Uh, Winning on the road at Boston College and then taking care of business over the weekend uh, at Pittsburgh. Seven and two now. You've hit the midway mark of the ACC conference schedule. Seven and two. You're right there. You're you're a game out of first place. I'd imagine uh, confidence pretty high right now inside the Orange locker room. Well, I think, uh, you know, uh, being seven and two at this this juncture is – pretty you know pretty exciting but we know we have still got work to do uh as we hit, hit this second this back half of the schedule uh you know we got to continue to get better stay focused and take it one game at a time and not get ahead of ourselves so i think the biggest thing is just you know taking game by game and continually get better uh as a team and i think we're making some you know some some progress you know we just got to continue yeah and that second half of the schedule very very difficult we'll get more into that as the show moves along and it, it begins tomorrow night uh with florida state in town uh, one of the uh, several nationally ranked teams that that you'll face down the stretch but you mentioned game by game uh let's go game by game through through this past week and, and start with that trip to boston college it was a game that you know you fell behind early you were down 15 to 6 and then Elijah Hughes hit a couple of threes and that just kind of seemed to flip the switch for you guys on on the offensive end everybody getting into the act and and Ty's battle was was once again uh fantastic he kind of went into you know Ty's takeover mode went for 31 (laughs) points uh you know dished out a half dozen assists he was uh he was terrific on the road at Boston College I mean just outstanding it's probably one of the best games I'm going to say it's probably his best game that he's played in a uniform. Um, just really because when you when you talk about his six assists, people I don't know if people really know, those six assists were all for three-pointers. So, you know, that's 31 points and, 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 and creating 18, 18 points. <laughs> that's 49. You know, that's 49 points of production that we got from uh, Tyus. I thought he was just phenomenal. Um, he just kind of took us on his back and – and uh, you know, just willed us to that win, and I thought, and I thought we did play well, even as a team. I thought the guys did a good job of giving him space, and and when he did pass it, making making the team pay. So you know, I thought it was a great effort, but I thought he was a catalyst of it, um, and I thought everybody else rallied around him, and that was big because we've had trouble up there. You know, we lost the last two years at yeah. Boston College, so and it was funny. I talked to Jim Christian over the summertime. We just said we just beat up on each other when we go to each other's homes, uh, and when we play against each other at each other's places. So uh, it was really good to get that win um especially coming off of that virginia tech loss uh when we played so bad uh just to kind of get that get that taste out your mouth and get a win and boston college is a very tough team and especially tough at home so it was really good to get that win though another one of these games where you make double digit threes five of your seven victories in conference you've hit uh double digit threes and and, and tyus was so good and you know he, he had the three-pointer work and he was able to get to the basket he hit a couple pull-ups he was scoring on on all three levels and, and you mentioned his passing uh we saw quite a bit of tyus at the point in that game and what is what's been the difference with him from the beginning of the season when you know frank was out and and maybe he wasn't super comfortable, you know, bringing the ball up and, and being the point guard, initiating the offense. To, to now, it's it seems like it's it's one of the strengths of this team when he has the ball in his hands and he's initiating the offense. You guys are, are awfully tough to defend. I just think he, you know, he simplified it. You know, I think uh, in the beginning of the year he thought he had to uh, get us into different sets and kind of get the ball around. And the biggest thing we wanted Tyus to do was have the ball and stay aggressive and make plays 
with his aggression. And I think uh, now he's doing that. And, again, the floor's opened up a lot more, too, now. When he's out there, he's out there with Buddy, who is, you know, lights out right now shooting the ball. So that he has spacing, and, and Marek is making shots. And, you know, O'Shea is, you know, driving. So he has weapons out there, so they can't load up on him. So I think this floor is a little bit more spacing and makes those reads a little bit easier for him, as opposed to the beginning of the year where we were shooting the ball well, we were struggling. Um, and uh, so it made it a little bit more difficult. But I think right now, you know, the way that we're playing and, you know, you know, we're making 10 threes a game. So the floor is a little bit more open now. So I think it makes those reads and him getting to the basket a little bit easier. Yeah, you mentioned Buddy there. I mean, Buddy has looked like a completely different player. And I know some of it is just being a freshman and trying to get his feet wet and figuring it all out. And now he sees the ball go through the hoop a couple of times, you know, in the last couple of weeks. And, and, and all of a sudden he, he can't miss when he's out there. Um, you know, he, he was <laughs> right knock on wood. Uh, you know, he was. What was he? Three for five from three against Boston College. Two for four for three uh, over the weekend against Pittsburgh. That's an added dimension and an added weapon that um, I don't want to say you guys weren't counting on it, but you you didn't have that early in the season because he was a little inconsistent with his shot. But now he's 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 hitting everything that he looks at. Absolutely. I mean, uh, and you know, he's coming in right away. You know, he's he's not wasting time. Uh, um, you know, and like you said, in the beginning of the year, we didn't have that. I thought a lot of the pressure was on, you know, Elijah and O'Shea and those guys that kind of hit threes. And I think, uh, you know, now that, you know, you have another person that's making some shots. And, and again, you know, Buddy's really shooting the ball extremely well. Even though Marek doesn't shoot a lot, you know, his one or two counts, you know, and then, you know, Elijah, we all know he can get hot at any moment and, and knock two or three down. So, again, the floor is open. It's a lot more more, more spacing. And, you know, I think Tyus is really taking advantage of I think Tyus and O'Shea are the recipients of those guys really playing well, being able to get to the basket and finish now. One more thing on Buddy. Uh, you know, he's, he's shooting the ball well, uh, but – you know, talking with you and talking with Coach Griff and talking with, with Jerry, it, it, it sounds like you guys are very impressed with his effort on defense as well. And then that has earned him some extra minutes. Not just the fact he's making shots, but the fact that, you know, he's not a liability on the defensive end. And, and in fact, he's he's come up with some big steals at, at, at big times. He's contesting. He's coming up with loose balls. He, he's really playing well on both ends of the floor. You don't lose anything. You know, everything is a plus across the board when, you know, you put him in a game right now. Um, he's made some unbelievable defensive plays and he's made some good passes he's just he's just really playing well you know he's a good player he's not just a shooter he does some other things you know that uh don't show up in the stats he moves the ball um but his defense has been really good got a big steal at boston college that was a huge steal um coming out of our rotations and uh you know even getting sticking his hand in Pittsburgh. so he's getting about two or three steals almost or his hands on deflections every time he's on the court i, I said to somebody the other day that that was the most emphatic steal and lay-in i've ever <laughs> seen I know, I know the, where the guy's getting on him a little bit oh, he, he didn't oh, try yeah. to, he didn't try to dunk it he said he said his leg gave out on him. <laughs> <laughs> he said after the game he was a little tired i, yeah. I guess i guess yeah. we'll give him that but it was you know it was the right fundamental play but you know it was one of those you know steal and he's going down as a chance to deliver the exclamation point oh, yeah. he just kind of laid it in which Get the two points. Yeah, get the two points, <laughs> get the win, and, and move on. But, no, I've, I've been very impressed with Buddy. Uh, he's been terrific. You know, Elijah Hughes has been shooting the ball well, as, as you said. You guys have so many weapons that, you know, going back to last year, it was like you guys had three offensive weapons, really, in, mm-hmm. in, in O'Shea and, and Tyus and Frank. And if one of those guys was off, you were in a whole lot of trouble that night. I mean, you had two of your main guys, quote-unquote, off, at least didn't score a lot against Pitt. I think Tyus, you know, Tyus did some good things. He still had five assists against Pitt, but they combined, you know, Elijah and him combined yeah. for 11 points. You still win the game, and you, you won it rather comfortably at the end. That wouldn't have happened last year. No way. No way. I thought, um, no, it definitely wouldn't have. And I think even at the end of the year, 
once we got into the tournament, the reason why we were able to win a couple of games is because Marek stepped up. Yeah, that's right. You know, Marek became that fourth scorer. You know, I think all good teams, you know, you always got to have three to four, five, three, at least three guys on the floor that can make plays. You know, but we're, we're, now we're putting out four, sometimes five guys on the court that all can, you know, make a play or, or contribute in some, some way offensively that the defense has to account for. So that makes the court a lot more, lot, a lot bigger in a game with O'Shea and those guys. And, you know, Frank shooting the ball extremely well. I mean, I mean, he's shooting about 37%. I don't know what it is over the last couple of games, but it's, it's up there. You know, him and Buddy are just really shooting the ball extremely well. Yeah, he was uh, three for seven from three against Pittsburgh. Uh, you know, Coach Beheim said afterwards, you, you don't win that game against Pitt uh, unless Frank comes in and, and makes a big shots. They had whittled down that lead. They got it to, they got it to three. Guys had a double-digit mm-hmm. lead. They got it down to three, and then Frank came in, hit some big shots. How important is his, you know, I feel like sometimes we take him for granted in what he does. How important is his his leadership and the fact that he's been out there, you know, this is his fourth year in the program and, you know, third year where he's getting a lot of minutes. And, you know, how how, how important is that for this group as you, you know, as you get ready for the end of the, the regular season and move on into, into postseason play? Well, I mean, I know it was it was a while ago, but you see how we started off the season. Yeah. You know, uh, we know we were kind of up and down a little bit. I think you know since Frank's got back into the rotation and playing and playing extensive minutes, and now getting back into game game shape like he was last year, you see the difference. You know, I think we've really. You know, we've, we've played well. We've been a little bit more steady, a little bit more consistent. You know, and it helps a lot. You know, a senior leadership, the guy that with the ball that is keeping everybody else in place and kind of know where the ball needs to go to, know when to, know when to shoot. You know, defensively, you know, he's one of the best defensive, you know, defensive guards we've had in this program. You know, he, he leads the, the league and steals almost every year, you know, especially the last two years. So, again, he brings a lot to the table that doesn't always show up in statistics. But, you know, he knows where the ball needs to go. Um, and defensively, he knows what the defense is trying to do. So, you know, you eliminate some of those mistakes. And, and you know, you got to have, you know, the greatest thing about this team is that our two leaders are the guys with the ball in their hand. And that makes a huge difference. And, and is it fair to say that your two leaders are two of the hardest working guys on the team? You know, we hear all the time about Tyus, that he's the first to practice and the last to leave. And it seems like Frank much the same way, that he's always putting in extra work. And he, you know, fought really hard to get back from, from injury. I would imagine that's that's got to be helpful as a coach as well, that you can point to, you know, all right, those guys are our leaders and, and they kind of lead by example. Yeah, I think they set the bar for the rest of these guys. I mean, all of our guys work sure, extremely right, hard. They right. put a lot of time in, but... You know, your two your two best players or your two older players or your two leaders, you know, if they're putting in the work as well, it kind of just sets the, sets the tone for the whole team. I mean, you know, we, we just left practice right now. I mean, practice is over with a little earlier. We, you know, you got guys in there still up until an hour after practice, you know, working on their game, you know, getting shots up or working on whatever it is that they need to work on. So, you know, that that's. That that is affection. That's affectious, you know, when you have your two leaders, you know, that work like work like that. Coach Bayham said after the Pittsburgh game that he felt like Frank was starting to play and at least shoot the ball like he was in the summer prior to the injury. Are you seeing signs and 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 glimpses of of Frank being the Frank that you know you were expecting to see? I guess coming into the year before the injury, you starting to see the Frank of old, so to say, so to speak. Yep. You know, uh, I think we still, you know, we still, it's still some things that he can do. Uh, I think, uh, you know, getting into the lane a little bit more as he started, he's starting to do that a little bit more, you know, each game. But he's he's shooting the ball extremely well right now. I mean, he's making big shots and and being and, and, and controlling the basketball and not turning it over. Um, so again, just just 
just we 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 go as he goes. You know, you, you mentioned that he's starting to look like the the Frank of old. I, I mentioned this to you on the the show this afternoon on on Orange Days. You know, O'Shea's starting to look like the O'Shea of old, especially these last three games. He is. He, it seems like he's making a concerted effort to get to the basket and not settle for jump shots. And he got to the free throw line against Pittsburgh, six for eight from from the free throw line, six for nine from the floor. He scored eighteen points. He had eighteen points on nine shots. Uh, very efficient game out of O'Shea. Um, it seems like he's he, he's making that a priority. Is that fair to say that he, he's trying to get to the basket more than, than maybe he was at the beginning of the season? I think so. I think again, I think so. I think he's making it a priority. Um, and this is stuff that we talk about, Coach Beheim and even myself. You know, getting back, getting maybe to attack the basket and get to the free throw line. But I also think it's a product of how we're playing right now. The spacing. It's a little bit more spacing out there. So. You know, he has a chance to, to make easier drives right now. But I, I think it's definitely a conscious effort, and, and that's what he's good at. You know, that's when he's really good, you know, um, when he's attacking the basket and getting, putting pressure on the defense and, and getting rebounds and finishing around there. You know, that that's what we need. So take us to the, the spacing. Go a little bit further with that now. So basically when you're when you're not making shots, teams are, you know, if they're zoning you up, maybe they're, they're going to play off you a little bit, kind of daring you to shoot. Now that you guys are making a lot of shots across the board, defenses are coming out is that what you're saying and now that kind of opens up the lane for drives and whatnot exactly so you know uh you know when when we weren't making shots you know O'Shea could catch the ball they would slough off on him and uh who you know Pascal's man would slough off on him so now when he's driving in there he's clogged up yeah he's clogged up he has to go against two guys and you know if Tyus wasn't making shots his guy can kind of close out a little bit and say hey we're gonna give him that shot but you know, so that's what the spacing does. You know, when you got Elijah making shots, and and again, Tyus is always going to command that attention, <laughs> sure. whether he's making them or not. He's just always a threat. And now you got Frank Howard, who you know, you know, he can hit, you know, four or five in, in a row. And 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 if Buddy's on the floor, you you got to account for those guys. You know, three points is 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 a big a big advantage. That, you know, to have. You know, when you got three point spacing and three point shooters, that's a big advantage. So again, now he gets a chance to operate, and, and not a lot of guys can stay in front of Boche uh, when he has a chance to just operate one-on-one like that 315-437-7644 if you like to get involved we're going to take our first time out still got about 45 minutes left though if you get like to get involved uh on the adrian autry show we're going to take a time out we're coming to you live from shaughnessy's irish pub we're back after this on espn radio this is the adrian autry show live from shaughnessy's in the marriott syracuse downtown presented by charles heating air conditioning plumbing and electrical future host Stephen fonte We're back with you on the Adrian Autry Show, coming to you live from Shaughnessy's Irish Pub. Full lines are open at 315-437-7644. Stephen Fonte, Coach Autry with you up until 8 o'clock. We touched on the, the BC game. Let's let's get to, to Pittsburgh. And, you know, when you hear Coach Beheim talk recently, he, he points to, to two things in particular that have led to this this turnaround from the inconsistency in the non-conference to, to where you are right now, and that's 7-2 and two in conference play. And he points to Frank's improved play, and he points to Pascal's improved play. And, and we saw Pascal with, you know, 10 points, 8 rebounds against Pittsburgh. And Coach Beheim will say that if you get you know, Pascal contributing and engaged and active uh, on both ends of the floor. You guys are really, really tough to beat, and we saw that on Saturday against Pittsburgh. Another good game for Pascal. Yeah, Pascal's been really um, stepping it up the last couple of games. Again, um, you know, 7-2, um, 
very active again and once he gets when he gets involved early coach is right you know it's, it's a big difference especially uh on both ends of the court you got to account for him you know on defense you know the offense has to account for where he's at and he, he discourages a lot of things and changes things um and then on offense you know when he's rolling to the basket you know that's that's that that attracts a lot of attention again and and when he gets it going early now he's rolling quicker and he's hard and you know that's pulling those guys off a little bit that it's allowing some of these other guys to get some of those shots that they normally wouldn't get because you know they, they have to account for him so again he 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 gives us that presence and when he's that when he's playing that way now you have five guys on the floor that you got to account for and again once again the floor gets bigger more spacing more room for everyone to operate at. And you needed somebody to pick up the slack because, you know, Tyus Battle finished with, with just six points. He was two for 13 from the field. But, again, he did some good things. He had five assists, uh, and, you know, he's and he's a threat, as we talked about. He's always a threat. He's always going to draw attention. Um, how, does, how does a guy like Tyus do that where he's having an off game? I think he missed his first ten shots before he finally made a basket. But he doesn't get down. He stay, you know he stayed engaged and, and, and didn't get down on himself, had five assists, and, and still made some big plays and, and you know, plays that, that helped you guys win that basketball game. Uh, because I think his focus is winning. And I think uh, he knows that uh, he can do more in, to help us win than just scoring. I think he's starting to really see that. Um, having impact besides scoring, and and that and that makes that makes it a lot easier for him to kind of accept that. And you know, he didn't force anything. He kind of let the game come to him. He took those shots where I think, and you know, you know, last year or years previous, he would have kept kind of you know pushing the envelope and kind of holding his head down. I think that's the maturity and the development of Tyus is that you know he knows that he can affect us and help us win even when he's not scoring and that's a good thing to have and, and how much is that going to help him at the next level i mean you know he went he tested the waters and it, you know he got a second round grade and and he decided to come back to school and and i'd imagine that the more versatile he can be uh that's got to help him at the next level yes absolutely i mean i think you know that's that 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 brings value you know when you go to that next level you know especially a college kid unless you know, if you're not like Zion, you know, yeah, number right. one or two pick, you know, they want they want to know if you can play. Can you play with other, you know, good players? Um, can you make the right passes, make the right decisions? They can put you in a game and you can contribute. And, and you, you, you might not even get your play call, but they just know that you can't mess up or you don't think it's about you. So, again, I think that shows – these people at the next level that, you know, he, he can make plays, you know, and he doesn't have to score. You know, he can play with the ball in his hand. He can play with the ball out of his hand. So I think that just really increases his value. You know, you look at the other, you know, top players in the ACC, Zion, R.J. Barrett, Kai Bowman, those are the first three that kind of come to mind when, when I look at the other, you know, who else is going to be on the ACC first team? I think those three guys will be there. He's had his, his two best games against those two teams, right? I mean, he had 32 <laughs> yeah. against Duke and, and he had 31 against Kai Bowman in BC, and I, I would imagine that's got to help him uh in the eyes of the scouts as well that he's he's having some of his big games against you know the better players uh in this league and certainly duke is is not just one of the better teams in this league but but one of the best teams if not the best team uh in the country uh do you think he's helped his stock coming back to school and and you know there's still a lot of basketball left to be played but the way he's you know rounding out his game uh you think he's helped his case i think he has i think he's uh i think he's took the information i think he's worked on it um you know, uh, if you look at his numbers all across the board, his numbers are all up. Maybe not the scoring is up, but his shooting percentages are up. His assists are up. His rebounding is up. So I think, you know, he's he's took the, the, that information 
and used it, and he's and he's helped himself, but he's not more importantly, he's helped us, you know, and uh, and he's doing it for us, and and you know, he's playing, you know, at a high level right now. He he really is, you know, not just, you know, uh, you know, the thirty points or twenty points, but he's he's really rebounding, he's 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 defending, he's doing everything that you know uh, you want your best player to do. Yeah, I mean, you've looked at you look at his assist total the last couple of weeks. He had nine assists, six assists, five assists. We never would have seen that last year out of him, and and he, you know, again, he was one of only really three scorers on the team and and he those assist numbers were not there no, no. um and it, you know it's 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 remarkable again it shows how how much his game has improved and come along the the fact that he is able to to set up his teammates and and you know not just try and do it all himself um was there too much on his plate last year is that is that for, i mean not too much but did he maybe try to do too much or was he asked to do too much because of the lack of scoring options and maybe that's why his shooting numbers were were down in terms of his i mean he's a better shooter than his percentages show last year yeah absolutely i i think you know to answer that question i think uh you know if you if you go back and you look at it tyus was 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 moving into you know uh a go-to guy so to speak that was the first time he had done that since high school sure you know his first two years you know we had you know players around him you know we had different players john gillen and you know tyler lighting and you know andrew white you know he's he played with some really good players so that was the first time you know, since high school that he was going to be called on to, you know, to, to have a big, big, big low offensively for us. Frank Howard, it was going to be his first time, you know, being a full-time starter, you know, not, you know, not sharing that time um, and coming in. So I thought, you know, Tyus and Frank were coming into new roles. And I thought they responded really, really well. I mean, again, you know, we needed him to take those shots. We needed him to do those things because if if we didn't, we wouldn't even get a shot off. So again, or we wouldn't get the you know the the scoring that we got. So he had to shoulder that, and I thought I think that helped him. Yeah, and I, I think he had a great year. Don't get me wrong. I just meant in terms of his his shooting numbers. I'm kind of flipping through the media guide here. I, I don't remember off the top of my head what his what his uh, shooting percentage was last year, but I I, I just wonder if some of it. You know, if his percentages were down just because he was asked to do so much. As you said, it's different when you go from being the fourth option on the floor to being at the top of everyone's right. scouting report, right. uh, I'd imagine, coming in. So his, his shooting percentage last year, uh, let's see, he was uh, 32% from three, you know, less than 40% from the floor. He's a better shooter than that. No question about it. I mean, he's shooting the ball extremely well now. You know, maybe not from three in particular right now in conference play, but he's shooting the ball overall better. Um, and, and he's definitely a better a better shooter than those percentages suggest. And that's good. You know, his numbers are up right now, and I think he's showing that. 315-437-7644 is the number if you'd like to get involved. We're halfway home on the Adrian Autry Show. Going to step aside. We're back after this coming to you live from Shaughnessy's Irish Pub. You're listening to ESPN Radio. This is the Adrian Autry Show, live from Shaughnessy's in the Marriott Syracuse downtown. Presented by Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical. Here's your host, Stephen Fonte. We've got Virginia Tech Louisville on the TVs here. It's Shaughnessy's Irish Pub Louisville with a 28-20 lead at Virginia Tech. Just under five minutes to play in the opening half. Uh, No Justin Robinson uh, for Virginia Tech. Uh, it's too bad he was out there against you guys, right? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> played awfully yeah. well. Uh, that's an understatement. Maybe played the best game of his life. Uh, unfortunately, sure he's out with injury, but uh, Louisville up by mm-hmm. eight right now. Uh, Louisville wearing the white jerseys on the road. 
which would have made a whole heck of a lot of sense when you guys played against Virginia Tech and they had those pink jerseys. Yeah. Did, so how does that work? Did, did they give you the option of what color jerseys to wear? Like, did you guys know they were wearing pink that night? Yeah, I think they called. Okay. And uh, said that we were going. You and you know, were going. You were going orange no matter what. Yeah, we were going orange. And no I tell you what, what, on TV it was hard to watch. The, yeah. The orange and the, the pink. The orange and the pink. It, yeah, that's kinda, not a good combination. No, it kind of it kind of <laughs> clashed. Three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. To the phone lines we go. Pat in Syracuse kicking us off on the Adrian Autry show. How are you, Pat? Hey, good. How are you tonight, Coach? How you doing, Pat? Good. Yeah, you know, I remember some Syracuse trivia. I believe our original color was pink. That's right, pink and green, I believe, way back, way, yeah, way, from... way back in the day. Yep, that's obviously for die, diehards only. I, I think I remember <laughs> that on one of the one, one of the trivias that we were pink. I mean, I, I'm just glad we definitely changed the orange. But no, Red two. Uh, Two topics tonight. The first one is um, our defense this year versus last year. Uh, I was talking to Steve and Seth on, on on their show. I just want to get your overall take. I mean, our our numbers in, in conference are very strong. Um, you know, we had a couple outliers in, in the pre-conference, but just just from, from a coach's perspective, what's your take overall on our defense this year versus last year? And then I want to ask you about uh, Florida State. Well, I think both. I think they both are. Uh, or performing at a high level, obviously, you know, uh, you know, you don't always shoot the ball well. Um, last year, I thought our defense, you know, we, ha- you know, it was more of a, you know, it was more of a focus, you know, on, on defense, um, just because we couldn't score. I think when you have teams, you know, like we have this year that can score a little bit, sometimes, you know, you may slip a little bit here and there, so you know, some points maybe score a little bit more than what you're used to. But overall, I think our defense is is doing a really good job. Um, you know, uh, you take away that Virginia Tech that Virginia Tech game where, you know, we couldn't locate, you know, Robinson for the most part, you know, we did a good job, you know, after that. And I think, you know, the defense is, is, is still getting better. Obviously, you know, you got Elijah Hughes, you got a couple of new faces in there that's, you know, still, you know, adjusting to, you know, different reads and a position. And now you got Marek at times that slides over to the center spot. So you know, every now and then, you know, we'll have some flaws. But overall, I'm pleased with our defense. Yeah, I mean, I think our defense actually is overall better this year, except for the first five minutes of the game. I mean, obviously Pittsburgh, we <laughs> we, we we definitely straightened that out. I mean, we had a great first half um, on on defense against Pittsburgh. But I mean, have you guys talked as a team just just about starting out strong? I mean, our, our defense typically is giving up about fifteen points in the first five minutes, and and then it's getting cut down like a third of that for the rest of the game. I mean, can you speak to that? And then what what, what are you seeing from Florida State? Well, you know, uh, you know, we always talk about, you know, starting the game off, you know, right from the beginning. Um, and you're exactly right. We've had some slow starts. You know, uh, you know, we address that and, and continually push, push, it, you know, to get these guys to, uh, to kind of lock in. And, and I think, you know, every now and then, you know, uh, sometimes, you know, teams, they, they, they're excited. They've been preparing for us. So they, they kind of want to throw their first, their first shot. Um, and uh, you know, a lot of times, you know, they go in, and then after that, they don't go in. So, again, uh, we, we address it. You know, I think the guys do a good job of trying to, um, you know, come back from that. But, again, we, we want to get off to better starts, to answer your question. And, you know, for Florida State, when you always talk about a Florida State team, you know, a Lennon Hamilton coach team, you know, you know, it's the two Ds that come to, to, that come to, to my head, you know, depth and defense, you know, that's that's what they're known for. You know, they always play nine, t- 9 to 11 guys. And, you know, defensively, one of the better defensive teams in the country. They're long, athletic. They get after it. They get in your face. Uh, they make you work. So, uh, you know, rim protection, you know, they're always one of the better defensive teams in the country. All right, they're Pat. Uh, appreciate you checking in. the pump face, for sure. That's, yeah. that's what I see from tape. <laughs> yep.
All right, Pat, appreciate you checking in. Your phone call could be next at 315-437-7644. We'll get more into Florida State uh, in the next segment as we as we look ahead to uh, the week ahead, Florida State, and uh, and a home game against Boston College. Uh, we did get a question uh, tweeted at us, and the question says, uh, Coach, is uh, is Jalen Carey discouraged at all by his recent lack of playing time? I'd imagine it, it it can't be easy for him. Uh, you know the fact that he's he's found himself on the bench and and maybe you know to no fault of his own. It's just you know Tyus is playing well and Buddy's shooting the ball really well and and uh, you know Frank's getting back to being the Frank of old. But uh, your your thoughts on Jalen Carey is he is he discouraged and and how's he handling the whole I mean, thing? I think I think naturally um, you know everybody wants to play. You know so uh, to say that. He's not, you know, a, a little upset, absolutely. But, uh, you know, the one thing about Jalen is that he comes and he keeps working. He's working hard every day in practice. Uh, he's improving. I think that's the biggest thing that he's focused on now is keeping himself prepared and being ready. So, uh, you know, again, he's – I mean, obviously anybody would be, you know, not thrilled about not playing. But, uh, you know, he, he continues to work every day in practice. And he has a right – he has a good frame of mind. And, and, you know, he's just keeping himself prepared. 315-437-7644 if you'd like to get involved. Again, we'll get back to Florida State in the final segment of the show. But since we have a few minutes here, uh, I, I figure we talk a little football. We're coming off the Super Bowl. It wasn't the most exciting Super Bowl. In I, fact, it might have been the least exciting Super Bowl that I've ever seen. I, you know, it was the first – football game that I decided to sit down and watch from beginning to end and that's what I got that's what I got great one to pick yeah man I mean gee and I and I tell you what usually you can bank on well there's gonna be good commercials or the halftime show I I don't know what you think about Maroon 5 I to me it was the whole night was just kind of eh the commercials the halftime show is eh I didn't see any good commercials. No, that, the, the best one, honestly, I thought was the NFL one going into this, coming out of halftime, going into the second half. They had a two-minute NFL ad, and they had a lot of like former players in it. Oh yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, was, that was that was cool. Yes, I mean, yeah, it, it yeah. was in the yeah. you know in the yep. banquet hall with yep. the, the football uh-huh. drops, fumble. They're all kind of like you know running around. That that, yeah. that was cool. Um, yeah, that might have been fun. the best one, and that was by the NFL. Yeah. So I, mean, I was I was disappointed with the commercials. What did you think of the halftime show? The halftime show, you know, it was safe. okay. Yeah, right, exactly. It was, it was safe. It was safe. I mean, I mean, gee, I mean, my man takes his shirt off. I mean, I, I, you know, we don't need to see that, do we? <laughs> no, we definitely don't. We definitely he was pulling a Janet Jackson. Yeah, exactly. Uh, no, right? we did. No. We didn't need to see that. And, and the and the game itself was. Uh, it was just boring. Uh, you know, there was one touchdown scored. Uh, 13-3 to was the final. But at the end of the day, uh, nobody's going to remember that. They're, all they're going to remember is that Tom Brady's got six rings now. Six and, rings. And, you know, he, he has the most rings. Forget about it. The quarterback position, that, that's the most rings of any player ever. And, you know, I, I'm a Bills fan. You're a, you're a Jets fan, right? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, I think we're, we're supposed to hate these guys. And I, I do. I, I, I don't like the Patriots. But you got to respect what they've been able to do over the course of time. This dynasty that they put together with the six titles in 18 years, uh, it is it is truly remarkable. It's it's unbelievable. You know, if you are, you got any, like you say, yeah, I don't like them when they play the Jets. Yeah. I'm sure you don't like no. them. When they, you know, I don't like when but, they play anybody. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> but but you got to have an appreciation for that type of a consistency, uh, winning at that level, you know, uh, pretty much Every year they have a chance, and yeah. Know, so it's uh, it's definitely a, a unbelievable uh, you know accomplishment, and you know I 
and I, I don't like to say it, but I, I was talking to some of the coaches before. I, th- I think they're going to get another one before he leaves, and, before and Tom Brady retires. I, I really do. I, I, think, you're, I think you're right, uh, unfortunately. Who knows when he's going to retire? I mean, he says he wants to play till he's 45, which means he's going to be around for another three, four years at least. And, you know, in this day and age when, you know, you've got free agency and salary cap and, and, and all this, it's so hard to keep the core group together. You look at... Look at his skill players, oh, oh. right? I mean, Julian Edelman, who, I mean, he, you know, Julian Edelman looks like Jerry Rice out there. <laughs> in, in fact, in fact, I, I saw this stat today. It blew my mind that uh, Julian Edelman has the second most receiving yards and catches in postseason history behind only Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. And, I mean, that's what Brady does. He takes a guy who is an average receiver at best. And he turns him into somebody who's in, you know, you use him in the same breath as Jerry Rice. And, and Gronk is not the player he used to be. No. And, you know, they, the running back situation is just kind of like running back by committee, whoever's the hot hand. And Sonny Michelle came on late. He does it with, he, does, he doesn't have stars at the skill positions. He has just very average players, excuse me, players at the skill position. So why, why not? Why can't they yeah. win another title? I mean, he. he I always say Tom Brady, he, you know, he gets people paid, man. <laughs> He's like Michael Jordan, yeah, you know, right? and Kobe Bryant, you know. And whenever those guys, those role players left those organizations and were not playing with those guys, you never heard nothing about them again. But, uh, I mean, again, did he even get sacked in the playoffs? I think he got, he got sacked once last night, if I'm not mistaken. I believe once? there was one official sack, but that was the only sack of the playoffs. The playoffs. I yeah. mean, so he can play the 45 if he's not, he's not getting he touched get at touched. all. Yeah, he's just, I mean, he's so knows. smart. He gets yeah. rid of it when he's under pressure, gets rid of it, and you know, very rarely does yeah. he take a hit. He, he, he won't play He won't play that long. He'll play another couple of years, and I think oh, I really wanted they, they, him. They, they'll have to make the change at some point. Really wanted him yeah. to announce his retirement last night. Last that, night. That, that would have been great. That been all, I mean, it would have been great for, I guess, the other – not, not – not for us. Well, not for the Jets right now. Not so. for the Jets. You said during yeah. the break that your Jets have no hope. If Brady retires, then there's some hope, right? I mean, there's some hope for everybody else. You, you guys got more hope than <laughs> we do right now. We got to, we got to get. So you're not a together. Sam Darnold fan? Ah, no, not right now. Yeah, I'm, I got to give him some time. I know he's sure. he's new, but right now, I, you know. We gotta get some pieces I, around. I might we gotta actually, get some help. I might actually agree with you that the Bills are in better <laughs> position than, than the Jets. Um, with, you know, knock on wood. I, I hope that is indeed the case. Of course, Brady and Belichick they go hand in hand, and and what you know, Bill Belichick's been able to do. He he, you know, you could say that he was he he was the difference maker. I know Edelman, you know, got, got the MVP, and you know Brady's the quarterback. But you look at defensively. The plan that Belichick had last night to take one of the the best, you know, statistically one of the best offenses in NFL history, mm-hmm. and hold them to three points and no touchdowns. That that goes back to Bill Belichick. I, I, I think you know he should have got the MVP. Him and him and the defensive coordinator, they should have got the MVP. They didn't have to give it to a player, but I mean, you have to get it. To but they should have got it. I yeah. mean, unbelievable job because all I heard about was how explosive the Rams were and how they how put many points were going to be scored. They putting yep. up, and so I'm excited to sit down and they score. Three. Three. Yeah. Three. Three points. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. And, yeah, they're the, uh, statistically anyway, the the 11th best offense in NFL history. Wow. And they held them uh, to without a touchdown in the Super Bowl. It truly was uh, remarkable. We do have a phone call at 315-437-7644. Uh, Jake in Syracuse wants to talk a little Super Bowl with uh, Coach Autry. Hey, Jake. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, first, hey, Coach, um, your son looks like a pretty beefy dude. Did he ever give any thought to linebacker? Uh, which one? I got two of them. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, your son on the basketball team. He, he just you know looks what? pretty I, jacked up. It, 
Yeah, we used. To, I tried to get him to play football early on. Uh, he got hit pretty hard, and he said, uh, "I'm good with that one, Dad." So, uh, but <laughs> well, he was he, he's, he was really I'm fast. Say the only person who really kind of thought the game was exciting. He got a three-three tie going into the fourth quarter. There were no brutal calls like roughing the passer. They really let him play. They really let him play. You know, the defensive backs. There was no horrible, uh, you know, pass interference calls. And, uh, you know, we're seeing Brady. And, you know, I don't remember people complaining when Jordan went to the finals all the time. But we hate Brady. So thanks for taking my call. No problem. I appreciate your call, Jake. I, I, I was kind of hoping Jake would stay on the line. That game was not entertaining. And I know there's, there's something to be said for defensive football and defensive struggles. Going into the fourth quarter, what was the best play? In the, like I can't even, I can't even remember what the best play was. It wasn't like you had interceptions and right. It was the it, I was going. It was that's where it was going. <laughs> longest punt the in longest Super Bowl punt. history. That was the highlight yeah. going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. So I will agree to disagree, Jake. I I was not entertained by that game. It yeah, wasn't no. like there were you know big plays and sacks and turnovers and you know you know great plays by both teams. It was just kind of both quarterbacks were just kind of mediocre. The defenses were really good, but. It was just a mediocre game until the fourth quarter. And yes, yeah. there, you know it was it was close, and and so there was some drama was down the stretch. Yeah. But I mean, the, the best highlight was that pass to Gronk. Like yeah. that was like the highlight of the game. Yeah, uh, at, at, at the end that set up the the, the, the touchdown. touchdown. Yeah, I mean, again, it's I mean, he says about Michael Jordan. I mean, if you if Michael Jordan would have played in the championship, he averaged like fifteen points. I don't think it would have been. Yeah. That exciting, yeah, you and know? and you know, I I love greatness. I love watching Tiger Woods play golf. I loved watching you know MJ do his thing. I love watching LeBron. I, I can respect Brady, and I, I think some of it is because I'm a Bills fan. But he just rubs me the wrong way with the you know Deflate Gate and just I mean I don't just there's just something about that guy he just, you know he's just he just wins man he does just he win just and, wins, and, he, man. and and he and does he, it and against my the, team he, twice he, a year me too me so too, man. so maybe that's why yeah, I can't that's, stand that's that's what it I didn't means. I don't really have an invested yeah. interest in I didn't the like NBA Michael Jordan that much neither when no? he played no because I'm a New York Knicks fan oh, okay so he well that's he beat you yeah he would come out of retirement and just hit 55 on us I'm like gee see that explains it. Yeah, you know, but when he when he finished, right. I was like, oh, I love Michael. Yeah, Jordan. right. He's the best. Looking back, he's, yeah, the, best. he's the best. All right, I can, <laughs> I can respect that. All right, we got to take our final timeout. Uh, still time for another quick question or two at three one five four three seven seventy six forty four. We'll wrap up the show right after this on ESPN Radio. This is the Adrian Autry Show, live from Shaughnessy's in the Marriott Syracuse downtown, presented by Charles Heating, Air Conditioning, Plumbing, and Electrical. Here's your host, Stephen Fonte. Shut up! Just shut up! If you don't want to watch, then don't watch! Go watch the Raptors and the Knicks. Go do something else. But don't sit there for four flipping hours with your eyes glued to the game and say, Oh, this is so boring. But I can't stop watching. Oh, it's so boring. Just shut the hell up. All right, that was Trey Wingo earlier today. Um, he's, he's wrong. That It was not an entertaining game. And I did want to watch. I, I wanted to watch the game. It's the Super Bowl. I wanted to watch. I was not entertained by what I saw. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's the Super Bowl. It's a, it's a major sport event in the, in our country. And, you know, uh, you were hoping it might have got a, 
it might have started some fireworks sort of started going up. So exactly. you hope with anticipation. And so. it wasn't like I couldn't turn the channel. I mean, it's yeah. you know, it, it's the Super Bowl I had to watch. I was hoping, like you, that there would be some dramatic finish and oh, okay, it's all worthwhile. Right. I was I was left disappointed. I think you were as well. I think millions of viewers were left disappointed. So I like Trey Wingo. Um, he actually <laughs> his first job was down in Binghamton, where my first job was. I got to meet him a couple years ago. He's a great guy. Like I just he's wrong in this yeah, situation. I, I, I wanted to watch the game. I was disappointed by. Yeah. The game, so we'll leave it at that. Uh, let's move on. We got a few minutes left in the show. Let's move on to Florida State. Big one tomorrow night inside the dome. It's a Florida State team that, as you well know, had Duke on the ropes. They lose at the buzzer on a on a three pointer, and then they turn one loss into two and three, losing at Pitt, losing at BC. They've righted the ship. They've won three in a row now. Yeah, you know, coming in playing really extremely good basketball. Uh, you know, again, I always say, you know, when you play Florida State, you know, you, you, it's going to be a, a, a fight. You know, uh, they all. Always have talent. They always have athletes. They always, uh, you know, get after you defensively. You know, it's going to be hard to score, and you know, and they and they want to push the pace as well. And uh, so you got to be ready, you know, right from the beginning to the end because uh, they're a very good team. I think one of the, you know, I mean, at one point they were the top ten in the country. So very talented. You know, they very talented. A lot of a lot of players. He plays a lot of players. The guys that can shoot the basketball, that can finish at the rim. Um, they have great experience. So, you know, it's always a tough task when you play against Florida State. You know, you, you look at their, their numbers on the year. They have 10 guys averaging double-digit <laughs> minutes. How does that challenge you as a coaching staff to get ready for a team that has so many potential combinations and, and guys who different, do different things? And, you know, it's not like getting ready for somebody who only plays six or seven guys. You know the personnel. you got, you right. got to worry about 10 different guys and multiple different combinations of guys on the floor. Yeah, well, I think the combinations we, we leave alone, but we really, you know, when you're preparing for a Florida State team, you know, personnel is key. You know, when you start playing that many guys, you got to – you got to know your personnel. You got to know your different, you know, uh, schemes and things like that. So uh, attention to detail is very important when you play against a team like Florida State. And it's the first game of of what is, you know, a brutal stretch to close out the year. Uh, again, you know the stretch well, but for our listeners, you're, you've got Florida State, BC home this week, and then it ramps up with at NC State, Louisville at home, Duke at home, at Carolina, at Wake Forest, Virginia at home, at Clemson uh, to close out the regular season. You're sitting pretty right now, seven and two. You're a game out of first but as we know in this conference uh you know the losses can pile if you don't play well you will you'll lose games and and you might lose multiple games in a row if you're not careful absolutely i think uh you know that's 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 the challenge of this league you know that you can lose at any time but again you know you can you can get on a roll and win a couple but you also can can, can get on a roll and lose a couple too and 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 you and it doesn't have to necessarily mean that you're playing bad Right. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're not playing. You know that you're not playing well. Uh, it's just a tough league, and you got to bring it day in and day out. And I think Florida State's a great example of that. That you know they were playing well enough to almost knock off Duke, and then you know they were thinking about that one, and, and then they, it turns into a loss at BC, loss at Pittsburgh, and then all of a sudden they were four and four in conference play, and they, they've righted the ship uh, with uh, with three wins uh, in a row. You know, you look at somebody like NC State. We we know that they're talented. Uh, you know, they've been a, a ranked uh, team all season long they're four and five right now in conference play uh they scored 24 points over the weekend against virginia tech that's a case of they didn't play well and they lost but you know to your point if it, you, you know you could lose games in this conference even if you're playing well oh yeah i mean it, this 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 league is tough i mean i mean think about it if we'd have lost to uh you know to duke so to speak early on i mean we put up 97 points it's not like we didn't play well you know, we lost. So again, you can play. You can play well and lose in this league. That's why this league is so challenging. And I think is, you know, from top to bottom, one of the most, you know, the, the, the best basketball league in the country. Biggest key to tomorrow night. 
I, I think really just uh, just really trying to limit them to one shot and getting back on defense. All right, 8 o'clock tip tomorrow night inside the Carrier Dome. Uh, thanks so much for joining us tonight and for all the uh, listener participation. For Coach Autry, I'm Stephen Fonte. We'll talk to you again next time. Have a great night, everybody.